This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You are listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Mark Zeno. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. So we got Florida and Utah tonight. College football week one. It feels like college football is here now because we're entering a week with just a full slate of Saturday games. You lean one way or the other tonight, Mark? How are we making a, making a little bit of loot this evening? You got a, you got a feel for tonight? I mean, in reference to Florida, Utah, you have to stay away at this point in time. I mean, you can't bet a bad number at all on Florida. There was a nine out there when this first opened. There was seven and a half. There was sevens out there. This thing's down to four and a half right now. If you're betting Florida, you're a fool. Like you just are. You're betting a bad number. You're making investment in a bad stock that's already tanking, and you don't do it, right? So you have to walk away from it. I don't know that you can back Utah at this point. We've seen nothing from their backup that we have any real – Sense of now, look, Utah's defense in their running game is what they're built on. That's what Kyle Whittingham has won at least nine games, save the COVID year, every year since 2013. So, this is a better team than Florida is right now, but obviously a lot rests on the quarterback. Uh, I think both these defenses will be physical enough to match each other, but I can't bet Utah because I just don't have enough confidence in them, but I would definitely not bet Florida. It's, it's Utah or pass for me. All right, well, th- this game, though, has brought up a scenario here on Canty and Carlin where we are asking you guys, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, what circumstances is it okay to root for two different teams? I'm here in South Florida. I root for the Hurricanes, who are treated like a professional team, but I went to the University of Florida, and they're rivals, essentially. They don't, it's not like they play every year, but they are rivals. Let's hear from you guys. What circumstances is it okay to root for two different teams in the same sport. In Florida, this is Martin. Martin's up on Canty and Carlin. Go ahead, Martin. Hey, guys. Um, I grew up in Northwest Ohio, and all I got was Detroit Lions football on TV because I grew up in the time we didn't have cable. But then I became a Steelers fan. I still root for the Lions, but I had a a couple uh, guys get to the pros from high school that I coached. I became a longtime Steelers fan. But now I'm going back to the Lions. I always cheered for them secretly, but because I had a guy playing for the Steelers, I was a Lions. Or I became a Steelers fan with the okay, Lions. Okay, so so Martin, are, are you are you are you flip flopping? The Steelers are great in the '70s. Now the Lions are a pretty decent team. Or are you actively rooting for both? I actively root for both. Okay. Okay. Thanks for the call, Martin. Mark, what do you make? I mean, that doesn't fly with me. I can't, I can't actively <laughs> root for two pro teams. What do you do when they play each other? What do you do when they play each other? What do you he, do when he, they play each other? He sees which team has the fantasy players that are on his team, and that's what he roots for. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, that, that's always the, the sound, you know, in, in, intelligent answer. <laughs> Let's go to Illinois. Heath is up next on Canty and Carlin. Go ahead, Heath. Hey, I actively root for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I actively root for whoever's playing the Dallas Cowboys. I hope the Cowboys have the first pick in the NFL draft every year. Okay, thanks for the call, Heath. But that see, see that right there, Mark, is okay. different. That's like That's you, you have your favorite team, and then you have the yes. team that you hate, so you root against them every single week. Yeah, that's not the same thing as what we're talking about at all. Edward is up next in North Carolina. Go ahead, Edward. Hey, uh, I agree with the previous caller at the college level. I've got a couple of favorites. I'm a North Carolina A&T Aggie. I pull for them all the time, but I've got family members in Chapel Hill. I pull for the Heels. My dad went to Elon. I pull for Elon. But on the professional level, it's the Panthers and Panthers only. Thank you for taking my call. 
I think what we're learning here, Mark, is there are extenuating circumstances when we're dealing with collegiate athletics, but in the pros, I, I really feel like you got to have some integrity. Uh, what we're dealing with here is waffling, wimp, weak people who can't make a decision in life. That's what we're dealing with. Let's call it what it is. Get off the fence, pick a side, and ride or die. It's that simple. Either you're in the foxhole or you're out. <laughs> All right, so speaking of picking a side, how about this? Joe Montana was asked earlier today. Joe Montana actually caught up with TMZ a couple of days ago. But Joe Montana was on ESPN Radio earlier today. Now, there's, there's a couple of juicy things that the Hall of Fame quarterback was asked about. But first, let's hear what Joe Montana had to say. I mean, he's, he's obviously played for the Chiefs as well. But everybody, you, know, you think of Joe Montana, you think of the 49ers. So he was obviously asked about the whole Trey Lance situation, what he made of all that. And he actually thought that it's going to work out for both sides. I, I think it's good for both. You know, I think a lot of pressure on the team to play. Trey, a lot of pressure on Trey to play. I honestly don't think it was a, the offensive system was a good fit for him. Um, I think he's going to go to a little bit better situation. I know Mike, it may be more fitting for them, and, and there won't be as much pressure to play right away for him down there. So um, I, think it, I think it takes the pressure off the 49ers, takes the pressure off of him. Now, th- that was Joe Montana. That was earlier today on ESPN Radio. Now, Mark, uh, y- you would agree with Joe Montana that it's going to give him a better opportunity starting over, starting fresh. But the first part where maybe he wasn't a good fit for that system in San Francisco, I don't buy that because Kyle Shanahan, it's his system, and he specifically drafted Trey Lance to play in it. Yeah, I mean, look, I... I think when it comes to Trey at this point, you know, he's got to go to a place where he can fit. Uh, He's got to go to a place where he can, I don't even want to say learn because that's unfair because we don't know what he knows yet, right? We don't know what he is capable of. We just don't have a large enough sample size to see if it's right, you know? Uh, and, And I don't know if we'll ever get to see that opportunity anytime soon, at least not this year without a major injury to somebody else. So when, when push comes to shove, you know, this is the kind of guy that, uh, he may end up with a new team next year, even at that. He may get cut and released, and a team may not have a need for him. Somebody else will pick him up. It, it's going to be a bumpy road for Lance the rest of the way out. Now we get to the juicy part. So Joe Montana, like I said, he was on ESPN Radio earlier today. He also spoke to TMZ yesterday. TMZ talks to everybody. But here is the Hall of Fame quarterback, Joe Montana, on ESPN Radio earlier today. And Montana, not only is he saying that he was not the best quarterback of all time, You'd be surprised. He's also saying Brady is not the best quarterback all time. He's got Dan Marino as the best of all time. Go back and watch what Dan did. Um, you know when it was the rules hadn't, hadn't changed. It's not a little bit easier to do things today as a quarterback. Um, Danny had some great wide receivers, but you know not very big, not very. Uh, but fast, mm. and the accuracy that he throws with, the numbers that he threw up, and unfortunately for him, you know, he didn't have great defenses behind him. We had one of the best defenses. I, Ronnie Lott thinks it's the best team uh, in defense that we had and put on the field and the best team we had. And the game is a crazy game, but just he's one of those guys that I actually got up off the bench to watch play when he, when we would play against him. And mm. um, 
but the things he was able to accomplish, the, how many touchdowns and that he threw for, the quickness of his release, the accuracy, I, I just don't think he ever got his due. Mark, this was a very big day here in South Florida, hearing these comments from Joe Montana, because Montana versus Marino has been a decades-long debate here in South Florida. Montana's giving it up for Marino right there. But you know what's actually my favorite part about this? I, 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 love, I love being able to hear people bring up older quarterbacks like Montana, like Marino, but obviously especially Marino, and dissect how they would play in the game today because he's right. The rules are so different. The fact that Marino threw for 5,000 yards, 48 touchdowns, and those records held up for 20 and 25 years shows you how ahead of his time he was, Mark. 100%. And look, give me a second here because Joe Montana has harnessed my spirit animal and how I sort of got some uh, ill-famed, inf- infamous <laughs> notoriety here at my first run at ESPN oh, over the this. summer with my quarterback list. Because what Joe Montana, what Joe Montana essentially said is this: if you take off the Dolphins' jersey and you take off the Dolphins' helmet and you just put a clear, you know, white jersey, white helmet, everything, and put him on the field with replacement-level players across the board, an average offensive line, average receivers, average tight end, average running game, what does he do for the rest of the team? And Dan Marino is capable to do that, okay? He's capable to elevate everybody around him, make them better, and put teams on his back and carry them to places they otherwise wouldn't get. A la what I said the same thing about Josh Allen. Josh Allen came into the league with an offensive line that was terrible, with no wide receivers, no running game, a bad coach, and was able to get a team to the playoffs that was horrible. Patrick Mahomes walked into a situation with the best coach in the league, weapons all over the board, the best tight end in the game, and a team that won won the AFC West three years straight. So if you're asking me to strip all that away, I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is a bad player. You want me to give a notch to Josh Allen over that? Yeah, because Josh Allen did that with lesser players. and, And this isn't about Super Bowls. This isn't about playoff wins. This is about assuming everybody around the individual is replacement level and how much better do they make everybody else. That's why he is right in saying Dan Marino is the best quarterback of all time because he was able to do that. Joe Montana acknowledges, I walked into Jerry Rice. I walked into Roger Craig. I walked in on a defense that had four Hall of Famers on it. Dan Marino doesn't have that luxury. Mark Duper and Mark Clayton were nice receivers. They weren't Hall of Famers. Right. right? Those, aren't, those aren't guys who, who, who anywhere near Jerry. So he took that team to the playoffs every year, he took that team to a Super Bowl, and, and that's why he is considered generally one of the top three greatest quarterbacks of all time and why I still feel like Josh Allen is the best quarterback in this league with Herbert not far behind him because those dudes took subpar talent and made everybody better around him. You're going to get everybody fi- – everybody's going to get fired up over that again. Mark, say it again for the people in back. I'm not saying I agree. I, I, I actually don't agree. But say it again for the people in back who are going to get all riled up about your Josh Allen take. Let me hear it. Josh Allen, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the league. Plain and simple. It's not a knock on Patrick Mahomes. But Josh Allen has had to do more with less to achieve the same thing other than playoff success, which is a different conversation. It is not the same thing. When we talk about a regular season, 16, 17 games, Josh Allen does a hell of a lot more with a hell of a lot less across the board and wins the same amount as Patrick Mahomes. Therefore, in my opinion, he's better. 
Everyone is so mad at you now again. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. That's a Jet touchdown! Aaron Rodgers slips a magical throw to Garrett Wilson! There's always some butterflies when you step out there for the first time, but just to have that kind of support, uh, that's pretty special. All right, before we get to the Jets real quick, Zach, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I can't no. wait for our scene producer, Shannon Penn, to take a small 12-second clip of what I just said, make it sound like I said something <laughs> totally insane, and play it for the rest of ESPN. Because that's what's going to happen, I guarantee you. Maybe. Go ahead. I mean, wasn't that like, what was it, last week when uh, co- co-hosts of Joe and Amber, when Amber Wilson was on first take and she said the craziest thing you've ever heard, which was that the Cowboys were going to have a better record than the Eagles, and that was played all over the sports world. You're next, you know, that right there, Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes. That's next. All right. So everybody's been, well, I don't know about everybody, but we're paying attention to, uh, to the New York Jets. They're getting a little bit of play. They're getting a little bit of attention here heading into this NFL season. And I'm wondering, do you believe that the Jets – I'm asking a simple question, and then, I'll, and then I'll retort. Do you believe that the Jets have a target on their back heading into this season? Depends on what you mean, target. Um, I, I guess in a sense where everybody would like to see them knock down a little bit because the hype train uh, has left the station – Kind of like that movie uh, with, with Denzel Washington where the train goes run away and it's 70 miles an hour. What's that called? Uh, un- unforgettable, uncatchable. I can't remember. Anyway. But, you know, this train has left the I station and it's hauling. that is. You know, this hype train. Uh, it's Denzel Washington in the uh, – I, I, I'll, I'll remember it. Uh, it starts with un-something. Anyway, don't, don't get me sidetracked. I have a, a, a gallon of information and a shot glass of a brain here, Zaz. <laughs> um, I know. I did. It's my fault. But I think people would like to see the Jets knock down a little bit. And some of that is because – Aaron Rodgers, I don't necessarily know that he's a villain, but you know what? He's not universally loved. Right. And, and by default, people look at you if you're not universally loved. You're a villain because we live in a black and white and or society, and it's, it's pick one or the other, and you know that's kind of just the way things roll. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a villain. I just don't think people look at him as an affable personality that you can cling to. He's a little aloof. He's sometimes a little curt and short, and he tells you what he thinks, and you don't have to like it. So... I think that that would be the reason why people would enjoy seeing them lose, per se. But I wouldn't say they have a target. The target is still squarely on the Chiefs. If you, if you want to be real, the, the only target is on the team that's toughest to beat, and that's Kansas City. All right, I'm going to respond to that. First, though, the Jets head coach is Robert Sala. Here he is on the Jets and the AFC East. We talk about owning the East, you know, and you, you got to win your division games, and the easiest path to the playoffs is to win the division, right? But uh, you know, again, it's one one game at a time. But obviously, the division games you you know you want to you want to perform well in the division. Last year, uh, we wanted to show that we can win a game. I think we were on like a three hundred game losing streak or whatever it was in the division, and you know we we won a couple. And this year, we want to win a couple more, you know, and just continue to build on the momentum that we've gained. Okay, so the coach there, Robert Sala, is essentially proving the point that I'm going to make here about the Jets having a target on their back. The Jets do not have a target on their back. In order to have a target on their back, you have to be a team that's done something and that has done something recently. A team that, you know what? Others are afraid of. Super Bowl champions have targets on their back. Teams with great quarterbacks for several years, have targets on their back. If you haven't done any winning, all right, and the Jets, like Robert Sala says there, they had like a 300-game losing streak in the AFC East. 
The Jet, the Dolphins aren't saying, man, what are we going to do this weekend? We got the Jets. The Patriots aren't saying that. The Bills aren't saying, man, what are we going to do about the Jets this weekend? The Jets haven't been to the playoffs in like a decade. You have a target on your back when you're a team that others are afraid of. And look, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a major improvement. There may not be a bigger improvement at the quarterback position from last year to this year than going from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. But let's not pretend like Aaron Rodgers is in the Super Bowl every other year. He's been there one time his entire career. In order to be a team that has a target on their back mark, you got to be a team that others are afraid of. And until you prove it, it has to be more than being on hard knocks every single week. Until you prove it, I don't think anyone's afraid of the Jets. Well, I think you should be afraid of the Jets because their defense may be the best in the league, or at least top three in the league. And that should give offensive coordinators a real source of concern when they go in there. Um, I would tell you that people probably will still question the Jets' offense and what they can be and how good they can be. There's probably a quotient of people out there who think Aaron Rodgers is falling off a bit based off of his production from last year. I'm not one of those people. I think Aaron Rodgers played fine football last year. His production was down, but it doesn't mean he played bad. Those are two different things. Russell Wilson played bad. Aaron Rodgers played smart, and his production went down because of it instead of trying to force bad balls and, and things of that nature. So um, I, I, I tend to agree that they're not the target, but you know, the loudest voice in the room is the one people hear the most. And so far this offseason, and I've said this repeatedly throughout the summer, nobody wins the offseason like the New York Jets. They're the best at it. Nobody wins in March better. Nobody wins post-draft better. Nobody wins during training camp better than the New York Jets. That's where they do most of their winning. Sadly for their fan base and everybody else, that's not the important winning, right? It, 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 the, the important winning is done in September all the way through the end of January into February. That's the important winning. So I don't believe the Jets necessarily have a target on their back, but they're going to be competitive with everybody this year. There's no reason they shouldn't be. That's not an easy out for any team. Not that I like to predict wins, but when you go down your schedule, if you see the Jets on there, you better get ready to play some football. As, as Ray Lewis used to say, you better buckle up your chance scraps because we're going to play some football. That's a good Ray Lewis impression. Coming up on Canty and Carlin, how important is winning the AFC East for the New York Jets? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And Carlin, the podcast. That's oh, a jet touchdown. Aaron Rodgers slips a magical throw to Garrett Wilson. There's always some butterflies when you step out there for the first time, but I loosened up pretty good when I got the ovation when I took the field. That was a special moment, and just to you know have that kind of support uh, was pretty special. The debut was a dress rehearsal. I mean, I, I didn't read too much into it. It's really just want to get out of this relatively healthy. Let Rodgers throw it around a little bit and uh, not read too much into it. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jonathan Saslow. He's Mark Zinno, filling in for the guys today. The New York Jets get a little bit of attention around these parts. Joining us here is former Jet running back Bilal Powell here with us. Bilal, you're on Canty and Carlin. How are you doing this afternoon, man? Oh, we just lost him there, Mark. What happened? We just lost Bilal Powell. I mean, he, he got scared away. Of, he got scared away by my, my large stature. I, th- I thought he was just tired of talking about the Jets. He thought oh, okay. he thought I was going to bring him on. <laughs> we we're going to talk about something. I give him a break. Everyone who talks to Blau Powell wants to ask him about the New York Jets. Let's see if we can get him here. Blau Powell here with us. Blau, you hear us okay here on Canty and Carlin? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? There he is. Appreciate you joining us here. All right, first, though, I, I want you to help me out with something. So we got college football on ESPN tonight. It's Florida. It's Utah. I'm a University of Florida grad, but I'm here in Miami, so I root for two different college football teams, Miami Hurricanes and Florida Gators. Is that weak on my part that I root for two teams? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you hear us? You hear us all right now, Bilal? You got me good? Yeah, I got you now, yeah. All right. Is it weak for someone to root for two different teams in the same sport? Is it okay to have two di- two favorite teams? No, you got to stick with one team. You got to ride it out, especially down there, man. That's a big rival. You can't be doing that, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like, and you know what, Mark? Now I'm embarrassed because I feel like, and Bilal's right. I, I know that I'm wrong, but I feel like the way Bilal also told me is like, yo, it's, it's really weak sauce, man. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed yeah. now, Mark. I got to be honest. I, I don't blame you. I'd be embarrassed too for you. Uh, Bilal, as a member of the Jets, every year it seems like the Jets, you know, sell a great hype train in the offseason. What was it like in the offseason before you started the game, knowing that there was so much talk, so much chatter about. Pay attention to any of that stuff? I'm sorry, you went out, you went in and out. All I heard was. um, I was just asking, I was just asking about about preseason. 
Yeah, the Jets and all the hype they're getting this preseason. As a former player, did you guys hear all the hype that people talked during the preseason? Absolutely, especially in New York. It's one of the biggest media markets in the world. And honestly, man, you just have to tune all that stuff out and just try to focus on your team, focus on what's going on in the building. And honestly, it's just one of them things where you have to take day-to-day. Um, if you if you let the hype get to you, you sometimes lose focus of the, the of the big goal, man. That's that trophy. Now, look, Bilal, you, you played your entire nine-year career in, in the NFL with the Jets, so you only knew what that media market was like. But you must be able to tell us a little bit of how, like, what – what kind of different animal it is playing in that media market in New York than what it must be like playing in other cities? I, I feel like in New York, there's eyes on you 24-7, no matter where you go. And, you know, they want to argue that, oh, well, you guys aren't in New York, you're in New Jersey, but there's still eyes on you. Um, it's, it's one of the things where you have to be very careful with what you do off the field. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a hate and love relationship up there in New York. You know, sometimes if you if you're doing good for week one week, the fans will love you, and then if you do bad the next week, they will want to run you out of town. So you just really just got to stay focused, man. What do you think of this year's Jets team, um, and what is their ceiling in your opinion? Given they play in the AFC with so many other good quarterbacks, I think having Aaron Rodgers on the team. It's going to have the New York Jets in every game this year. I, I think there's not one game that you can look on our roster and say, okay, that's a loss, that's a loss, that's a loss. With a guy like that, pairing with one of the top defenses and now having a Dalvin Cook in the backfield paired with a Brees Hall, I think is one of those teams where you can literally say with confidence this year that they could be a Super Bowl contending team if they put all the pieces together. Palau Powell here with us, former New York Jet running back, nine years, spent his entire nine-year career with the New York Jets. What do you think it's like, Bilal, for the wide receivers on that team? How do you think they balance the excitement level of having Aaron Rodgers there throwing you the ball and the nerves knowing that, hey, you know, you don't want to let this guy down, and if he doesn't trust you, he's probably not going to throw you the football. I think it'll make you a, a better player. I think it'll make you a better student of the game, understanding where the ball needs to be. And I'm sure he's giving the guys those small cues of, hey, if the ball is not going over top, it's going to be a back shoulder. And I think with Aaron, his precision is so good that all he's telling these young guys is, make sure that you know where you need to be and make sure you get out of your route because the ball's coming to you if I know it's supposed to be coming to you. So, as a young guy, I would be studying. I would be always in his ear. I think that's a guy that knows a lot of the, a lot of that position based on, hey, I want to be Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver. I want to be his favorite target this year. So I, I feel like it's a challenge. Um, I don't think guys are going to shy away from it. You can't shy away from it. You're in New York. So you have to, uh, you have to embrace that opportunity because not a lot of guys get the opportunity to play with a future Hall of Famer. You know, and, and, and I think this is one of the first years where uh, the New York Jets in preseason are saying, hey, we are a Super Bowl contending team. And now you have a, a rookie of the year, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, who I think everyone knows uh, that might be Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. I think he's, he's soaking it up.
right now. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. What has been made of the running back position this offseason and how they've been devalued and how they're treated and what they're paid as a former running back? What do you make overall of how running back the running back market has changed, and and are they right in their their position that they deserve more? I think the biggest argument that the NFL has is the more touches you have in the league, the more risk of injury. I think that's the only argument. I think when you look at the running back position, and I'm talking from a guy that played it for nine years, you you pretty much are you have the best seat in the house. You have to understand pass protection. You have to understand coverages. You have to be able to catch the ball. You have to be able to run the ball inside the tackles, outside of the tackles. And outside of the center and the quarterback, I think running backs touch the ball the most. I think when you look at our position, they want to say, well, let's bring in this guy to make a running back committee. That's what they did for that position. But I think it's one of the most valuable positions on the field i think if you take the run game away and you just want to pass well that makes it easy for the offense i think you can ask any defender in the national football league what's the most manipulating thing that you can do to a defense and i guarantee you they'll tell you run the ball and i feel like i understand the game has evolved to more passing uh running backs aren't the same you know the big backs now you have to be able to catch out of the backfield but there's still value to that because now, and we have to sit in protection. So I think, honestly, as a running back, without being biased, just looking at the position, playing the position, I think it's very undervalued right now. Palau Powell, former longtime New York Jets running back here with us on Canty and Carlin. Thanks for giving us some time here this afternoon, Palau. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me. There you go. What was it? Eighth most, I think, eighth most rushing yards in the history of the New York Jets. All right. You're listening to Canty and Carlin. Coming up, good bet, bad bet. Everybody knows one of our favorite games here. Good bet, bad bet for AFC division favorites. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Good bet or bad bet here on Canty and Carlin alongside Mark Zeno. I'm Jonathan Saslow. I love this game. Good bet, bad bet for AFC divisional favorites. We're going to bring aboard our pal Eric. He is behind the glass. Get on that mic, Eric. How you doing? I'm good, Jonathan. How are you? Good. What do you got for us here? All right, we got a game of good bet, bad bet, as you mentioned, and how it's going to work today. And and for this one in particular, we're going to go through the favorites to win the AFC divisions. I'm going to give you a number. You're going to tell me if it's a good bet or a bad bet for that specific team, and then tell me if you like the number for that team. So we'll start with the AFC East. The Bills are the favorite at plus 125. So, Jonathan, is that a good bet or a bad bet? That's a bad bet. If you give me a team and I don't think they're going to win the division, that means it's a bad bet. I don't think Buffalo wins that division. I think the Dolphins are winning that division. I think all of us know AFC East, very difficult division this year. Probably have three teams who think they're Super Bowl contenders, including the Buffalo Bills. But even at plus 125, if I don't think they're going to win the division, Mark, then it's a bad bet. You're up. The only good bet in this segment was you picking the Dolphins to win the AFC East. That was about the only good bet in this segment. The Bengals, sorry, the Bills to win the AFC East at plus money is the absolute best division winner bet you can make in the NFL this year. The Bills should not be plus money. They should be minus money. The gap between the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots is as wide as the Grand Canyon. And the only reason this number sits at plus money is because so much hype around the Jets and so many bets have rolled in on the Jets to win this division. They can't price the Bills as a negative money favorite. This is in, I don't believe in locks, but this is the only division winner bet I've made this year at plus money. It is a gift. Take it. It's not a good bet. It is a great bet. For the Buffalo Bills, plus money to win the AFC East. All right, moving to the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals are currently the favorite at plus 160. Mark, good bet or bad bet? Tough bet, but a good bet. Uh, This is an adequate price for a team that, you know, won the division last year that probably still has, from most accounts, the best quarterback in the division. Uh, For them, it's a matter of staying healthy uh, and them being good enough to hold off the other division chargers. This is a team that if they do 4-2 and two in the AFC North is going to win this division. The problem for them is they got two games right out of the chute against division opponents. If they go 0-2, that bet is like dead right on the spot almost. Not 100%, but it would feel pretty bleak for them to cash that ticket. Mark, I already gave you the parameters for whether it's a good bet or a bad bet. If Eric gives a team and I don't think they're going to win the division, that's a bad bet. So Bengals plus 160, bad bet. I like Baltimore. I don't have their number in front of me, but if the Bengals are plus 160, I'm looking forward to hearing what Baltimore's number must be. I like the Ravens to win that division. It's probably at a great number as well. And while you plus may think that... Yeah, so I love that. That's not the game. It's good bet, bad bet, Bengals. So I got bad bet for the Bengals. And because, you know what, Joe Burrow, yes, best quarterback in the division. But I don't think it's by a mile. I mean, Lamar Jackson does have an MVP trophy to his name. So I go bad bet. All right, let's go to the AFC South. The Jaguars are favored at minus 175. Zaz, good bet, bad bet. Yeah, I'm going bad bet as well. Now, I like the Jaguars. I'm going to change up my own rules a little bit now, Mark, because while I do like the Jaguars to win this division, 
at minus 175. This is a bad bet to me. Tennessee could win the division. Vrabel's a great coach. Derrick Henry's running people over there. I mean, everybody's on this Trevor Lawrence Jaguars hype train. All right, I think they're going to win the division, but I'm not laying down minus 175, Mark. Finally, we agree. This is not only a bad bet. From a price standpoint, it's an awful bet. Now, Eric, what are the Tennessee Titans, uh, what's their number to win the AFC South? Plus 340. Okay, so you're telling me there is better than a $3 difference between these two teams? That is a laughable joke. The Jaguars had to win week 18 against Josh Dobbs and barely did it to win the division last year. They are not this much better than the rest of the AFC South. This is an awful bet. Awful, awful, awful. All right, one more here. AFC West, of course, the Chiefs are favored also. Minus 175. Mark, good bet, bad bet. Good bet. I don't think anybody can upseat them. You're just paying a lot of juice for it, man. It's really, really tough for me to lay that kind of number, but it's probably going to cash. I just wouldn't lay a buck seventy-five. Yeah, I think it's a good bet. You're right. You're laying down a lot at minus 175, but I'll be honest with you. The number could be worse. I mean, Vegas is not even close to winning that division. Denver is not even close to winning that division. The Chargers, maybe some people think they'll give them a run for their money, but it's still the Chargers. I mean, a team that never comes through, a franchise that never wins in big spots. So, yes, you don't love the number laying minus 175, but that number could be a lot bigger. So, yeah. I actually think KC minus 175 is a good bet. By the way, that the, right there is another addition, a good bet, bad bet. Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. The Chargers are plus 280 in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. I mean, if you want to throw away your money, then you bet plus 280 with the Chargers. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it right there. All right. Very good. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Mark Zinno. We are in for the guys here this afternoon. Are the Indianapolis Colts? The worst-run organization in the NFL. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.